I was walking around the city, Barcelona, for 12 hours by myself with a broken jaw, Whoa. broken ribs, two smoothies in my system that was in that I could sift through a missing tooth. Thank God I could fit a straw through there because I couldn't open my mouth. Welcome to Path to Alignment with Hunger Yogi. My name is Natalie, your host. I'm a trauma-informed life alignment and mindset coach, yoga instructor, and entrepreneur, and I'm here to help you create more alignment in your life. Set up a free 30-minute alignment call with me to learn how to overcome trauma and unlock your fullest potential. And without further ado, let's get aligned. Hello, everyone. Today, I have my best friend, Kat, on the podcast. And if you have ever been to my yoga classes at Garage Mahal, you know that Kat is actually my DJ for my yoga classes. So Kat and I have been collabing together and co-creating these yoga classes for a few years now where I teach yoga while she DJs and curates a beautiful playlist that sets the frequency and the tone for the yoga classes. And Kat and I are planning a lot of really fun stuff together. So if you stay till the end of the episode, which I hope you do, we mention a really cool program that we're building together and some exciting things that are coming. So this was a really fun and lighthearted episode. We dove into some really deep and painful moments in Kat's life and also shared so many laughters through it all. In the episode, Kat walks us through her childhood, going through an identity crisis and growing into herself. She shares her struggles with breaking her jaw multiple times, which led her into her spiritual path of service to others. We also talk about how stress manifests as illness in the body, how giving up is not always a negative thing. We talk about the meaning of true happiness, the power of yoga and somatic healing, and so much more. If you've ever been challenged, and if you've been challenged multiple times in your life and overcame those challenges, or you are still trying to overcome them, I feel that you're really going to connect with this episode. Kat was so raw, so authentic, and so intentional with everything that she shared with us. This is truly a story that builds up into a really deep message. I will let you know that this was a bit of a longer episode, but it is so worth listening to as Kat threw so many gems in there. So I highly advise that you stay until the end to really absorb the full message and the depth of Kat's story that just carries so much to be learned and to be absorbed. And also stay until the end because we announce a really, really cool program that we're building together that we're so excited to share with you. I hope you enjoy this episode with Kat. Hello, everyone. Today on the podcast, we have my best friend in the whole world. Her name is Kat Urso, Catherine Urso. <laughs> I'm so excited to have Kat on the show today. For many of you guys that know Kat and I, we've been doing classes together at the Garage Mahal for a few years now, mm -hmm. and she's been my DJ for my detox yoga classes. So we've had such a cool harmony and synchrony of creating a community together, and it's been absolutely amazing. So a little bit about Kat. Well, for starters, <laughs> Kat is 
one of the most special people that I know. Oh. I've been wanting to have her on this podcast episode for a long time, and I'm happy that we finally got the chance to meet. Kat is currently studying psychology, so she's in her PhD program, and today we're going to learn a lot about Kat's life. There's so many things that I know about Kat and so many things that I think I'm going to learn about her today. But really, one of the main intentions of this episode with Kat and the, one of the main reasons I wanted to have her on here is because Kat embodies pure love and everything that Kat does. She embodies pure love and the way she shows up in life when she's around people. It makes me emotionally talking about it because I, I truly admire the way that Kat shows up in this world and... I believe that she's really a vessel for for love in this world, for humanity to be able to share her love with everybody. And anybody that's been around Kat knows that when you talk to Kat, you feel pure love and you always leave feeling better than when you came into the space. So that's what I'll say about Kat for now, but I'm so excited to have her here. And... Cat, hello. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much. The sweetest intro ever. If I could ever imagine how I would want to be introduced and come across is exactly that. And never would I ask anybody to do that because that's just <laughs> not how that works. Um, such an honor to to be seen in that way. And I'm so happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Natalie is also my bestie. <laughs> And we just love to co-create, hang out, cook mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. drum, dance, yeah. sing, yeah. run around in the park, mm-hmm. barefoot, <laughs> always. So it's it's such an honor to be here with you, Nati. Mm-hmm. I love you so much, and I'm so excited so to share my story and get to hear probably some more of yours totally, along the way totally. and see how how ours are similar, how they're mm-hmm. different, mm-hmm. and and what we can learn and what others might mm-hmm. be able to learn from mm-hmm. that too. Totally, totally. <laughs> and something I also want to share with everybody just about our friendship is mm-hmm. that one of the things I love the most about our friendship is how many layers it has to it, that it's, it's multi-relational. We have our friendship, we have, you know, our co-creation of teaching and DJing together. We've, like... We've just been in so many different spaces together. We used to be in school at the same time. So mm. we would be study buddies, accountability partners. And there's just so many layers to us that I love. And it's taught me a lot about friendship. So that's mm. something I definitely want us to talk about mm. later on. But that's something okay. I want to touch on. Just I'm like, like, dang, we could yeah. start with that. I want to start with you. Oh, <laughs> I want to start with you. And I want, to, I want you to tell us a little bit about Kat. Who is Kat? How did she come into this world? Okay, it's like, where to start? 28 years in one podcast, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Bring it. Um, Well, I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. H-Town Strong. H-Town. I grew up in West U, Bel Air area. I grew up in like the Catholic and Episcopalian churches. Mm-hmm. Spirituality has always been core to me, to mm-hmm. my livelihood. It's always been interwoven mm-hmm. into my life. Um, I went to private Christian schools from when I was toddlers mm-hmm. to senior year in high school, wow. all in Houston. 
And then I went to move to New Orleans for undergrad. Um, and I went to Tulane for four years. Mm-hmm. And I then graduated. This is just like giving a brief yeah, overview yeah. and then we can like figure <laughs> out where to go from there. Um, I moved to Geneva after Geneva, Switzerland, mm-hmm. after I graduated from college. Um, for an internship there, and that ended up being, like, totally not what I was expecting. It ended up being more so of a, like, life coaching transformation, something more for myself and my own personal healing than necessarily my career, Mm. so that I had a really strong foundation of of who I am and, Mm -hmm. and of my being. Um, before I really dove into my career more, back into school. Um, and then I, so I lived there for about half a year and then I moved back to Houston, been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the brief uh-huh. overview. Okay, like top layer of cat, of cat's life. Yes, yeah. timeline. Yeah. I'm a scientist. I like, <laughs> I like to like see things mm-hmm. panned out from beginning to end. A big picture and then dive in mm-hmm, from there. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any questions? Now, Natalie and I haven't, we have done everything in our power to avoid talking about this podcast <laughs> because we knew we would just like get into all of yeah, it and we yeah. were like, we wanted it to be so raw for mm-hmm. this podcast. So, are there any questions we want to? really touch on at any point I think just as far as like main questions Mm -hmm. some of like challenges that maybe you've had in Mm -hmm. your life and Mm -hmm. like what you've learned from them I think that's always a really good way to to be able to talk about your life and then how you've overcome some some specific things okay or even just like some things you learned while you were on your on your trip to Geneva and such but yeah, we have been avoiding talking completely. Like earlier we started talking, we were eating and we we're like, she started talking about some things that she wanted to talk about on the episode. And I was like, stop, don't tell me, don't tell me. We're like, we can't talk. Don't even look at me right now. <laughs> Just eat your food. <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to dive right into really what was the turning point for my life onto taking the spiritual path mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. my as my everything. I love this. Um, And that was the culmination of many, many years of issues with my jaw, with my neck, um, and that whole area of my body, my throat, Mm -hmm. my voice, my power, um, my, my personal authenticity and integrity with myself. Um, all of that kind of came to a head when I was the summer in between my junior and senior year mm. of college, mm. I believe it was. Yeah. Um, so what happened was that I broke my jaw for the second time Gosh. within a five month period. Wow. Um, I reason I broke it the first time it was surgically broken I had a 
double jaw reconstructive surgery, mm-hmm. purposeful, planned out many, many years in mm-hmm. advance. We were trying to avoid it, did everything. Like I had expander again. I mm. tried all these different treatments, physical therapy for like three to four years mm. before we decided to, the surgery was necessary and started preparing for that. Mm-hmm. So highlight of that was that I had uh, braces my junior year of college <laughs> preparing for this <laughs> surgery because they were wiring my jaw shut well first it was to get it as close to alignment as possible with Mm -hmm. the braces and rubber bands Mm -hmm. and such and then they were wiring my jaw shut after the surgery with the braces Mm -hmm. so these also weren't just regular braces these had like extra metal pieces on top of the first like six teeth on top and bottom so Mm -hmm. that you could put the bands where you you had the bands on them yeah (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was super embarrassing, mm-hmm. and um, I was not getting into any bars, <laughs> at least any, easily at the ripe age of 20 years old. Um, <laughs> there was one guy, he saw me in a line, and I was laughing, trying to, waiting to get into this bar, and he was like, hey, you, yeah, you get out of the line, just get out right <laughs> You have braces. Get out. He's like, you, yeah, (laughs) this is not a chance. (laughs) Go home. Wow. It was really tough. I was, that was definitely a really, really dark point of my life. Mm. Um, And were you going to say something? I was just thinking about how that would affect your self-esteem and stuff. And just, oh my God. Yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I was like petrified to even leave the house. Mm. Um, and you love to smile, and you're the most yes. like, giggly, laughing God. person ever. So I can oh only imagine God. like having your jaw basically yes. shut with these Literally. bands, and yeah. Oh my God! Literally, yeah. the next year, actually, I'll get to why this happened, but because there was more issues. When I laughed this my senior year in high school, I didn't embrace it at this point, but it was after I broke my jaw the second time. When I would laugh my jaw or yawn even mm. my jaw would pop out of its socket oh, and lock man. so literally oh. i had to like prevent myself from laughing no. or yawning and like typical human being things i was like having to force myself oh. to not do them like don't laugh too hard wow. um and it did happen uh one time that i remember very vividly my jaw getting locked at at a bar and like this was at a point where I was suicidal mm. again mm. Um, because it was just like never ending. Wow. And I was in so much physical pain mm-hmm. and a life where I would have to stop myself from laughing mm. or yawning mm-hmm. and just doing normal like eating was so difficult that it didn't seem like a life worth living Mm. if I couldn't do anything about it and it didn't seem like it was ever going Mm. to get healed um because I was like I've been trying I've done everything I've done all the physical therapy I've done all like every I've seen like five different Mm. oral oral moclassal facial whatever the names of this doctor is i don't even want to know their names anymore <laughs> i used to be able to just roll yeah. that off my tongue nope, like, not so glad i don't need to know that name yeah. <laughs> oh, 
So, okay, so why I had the surgery in the first place and why my jaw was not aligned was that um, I was clenching and grinding my teeth at night from so much stress. So there was a lot of stuff going on with my family. Mm -hmm. It was a turbulent mm -hmm. time for us. I was about mm -hmm. 12 years old. And I started just clenching and grinding my teeth like crazy at mm -hmm. night. And I would wake up with the most massive headaches. Wow. Um, they started getting so bad that sometimes when I would wake up, I would either just be like really dizzy. Mm -hmm. And like I would open my eyes and just like barely be able to see. And everything would be spinning. Mm -hmm. There was a few times, or at least a couple times, that I woke up day, during the day, and it was pitch black. Like, mm. I was in so much pain. Wow. Eyes were open. I'm, like, touching my eyes. They're open. I cannot see. And then I was so scared. I just closed my eyes and nodded under the covers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, was, I was probably around six, or anywhere between 12 and 16 at that, those times. Mm -hmm. Um... So and this was all happening from the grinding, from yeah, grinding your teeth yes. at night. Wow, I was so stressed, and anxious, and um, there were things manifesting in my. Mm -hmm. I have two older sisters; they had their own manifestations of this stress. Mm -hmm. We each something manifested mm. in each of us. Wow. at this time, in our la in each of our lives at this time point, and for me it was that clenching, grinding, and mm -hmm. a lot of my emotional pain has manifested physically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, for, for better or worse. That's just yeah. how, how it's been in my life. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's what I came to learn later on. Yeah. But I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, oh my God, so much pain. Mm. Make it stop. And your parents are both physicians, yes. right? Yes. So both my parents are physicians. My mom is, an, my, both my biological parents my mom is an anesthesiologist. My dad is an ophthalmologist, eye surgeon. Everybody's super health conscious. Mm -hmm. Like when mm -hmm. we get together for family vacations, wow. it's like, <laughs> where are we all working out today? Like, what are you doing? Oh and what are we gosh. cooking together? And wow. So I can only imagine, you know, having this this issue that you're having with your jaw and everyone in your family being doctors or something like they. I'm sure they all had some sort of logical explanation as to what's happening here. But then as far as the emotional aspect, were any of them aware, like the reason that this is happening is because of stress that she's going through and all of this? No, mm. such a good question because not at all. Mm. My parents were essentially in denial of mental health existing. Oh. Like my dad is, was at this time like, you know, there's no such thing as depression. It's just a chemical mm. imbalance in the brain. Like, let's wow. get some lithium and like, you'll be good to go kind of thing. Um, and so it was very much that. And I actually around the same time, because I guess things like started to manifest when I was in, in eighth grade and I was, I was being bullied mm. that year. Um, I, I look back and I'm like, I see the, I see the ways that I contributed to that too. Um, I was very strong mm. and I was stronger than a lot of the boys mm -hmm. in my grade. At like least physically like, strong. at least I could like do more pull-ups than right. them. Granted, I was like a fourth of the weight that they <laughs> were. So I had a lot less to pull up, but, um, 
I could do like 21 or 21, 22 pull-ups wow. with like no movement. Like I'm not swinging, wow. you know, I'm not cheating. Okay, little cat. <laughs> all the way up, all the way down. <laughs> I was so proud of this. And I was a gymnast and a bunch of different sports. It's softball year round, gymnastics year round, dance. I also did seasonal sports, volleyball, basketball, wow. track and tennis in the summers non-stop ball of energy like 24 7 let's go like i didn't know the definition of bored i'm like i don't understand yeah. how anybody on the earth can ever be bored there's a thousand things to do with your <laughs> life like i'm doing them <laughs> wise words from little cat <laughs> some other some other very wise words that i um really really appreciate my younger self for having as a mantra was if you're not weird you're weird okay <laughs> now did somebody else say that before me i don't know as far as i know you i'm the first person to ever say that. that that's your that's your slogan yes that was my <laughs> slogan i'm like oh if you're not weird you're weird <laughs> you missing out <laughs> It's <laughs> like, dang, that sucks for you. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so you've definitely taught me how to be more weird, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> I like see that all weird people out sometimes, and I'm just like, a little part of me is like, <laughs> I think there's two <laughs> options when you're around cat. Either you become weird with her or you get weirded out. Or, or vice versa. Like you get weirded out or you become weird with her. You got two options. What are you going to yes. choose? Yes. That is on point. I think it, it might be the like little, the little rascal. So that was like one of my little um, names as a little one. I wasn't the Tasmanian devil. I think that was my <laughs> other sister. Because we. I had the Tweety Bird, I believe. I might have had the Tasmanian devil, too. I definitely was referred to as the little rascal. Uh. Um, I was the youngest of my parents, three girls. Mm-hmm. And I definitely had, like, some of that little sibling syndrome where I was just, like, oh. loved to, like, poke them. Like, it's such a playful way. Yeah. And um, to me, according to My sister to was like that with me. She would try to annoy me on purpose. It's yes, like, like I'd, like, pull their hair yeah. and, like, steal a little card yeah. from their game. Yeah. My grandma was just telling me that story. <laughs> um, okay, so that's just, yeah, a little, a little bit about little cat. Yeah. Um, and then... Coming into about eighth grade, <clears throat> I was just going through a really hard time. I was going through an identity crisis. I was like really into being strong, um, really into like competition. Mm. I was doing so many different types of competition. And I also was just like so excited mm. by competition. Like I don't. I don't ever remember, at least and in the stories that my dad tells about me and my, um, and my, like, m- my take on um, competition was, it excited me. <laughs> like, I was just, like, really excited at the prospect of improving myself mm-hmm. and, like, giving it our all. Mm-hmm. And may the best man win. Like, may the best woman, may the best girl, may the best 
person at that scale or whatever it is may they thrive may they be honored and may we all have a great time Mm. along the way like it's really not about that I what what I my experience was was that I was also like playing my own game which was who can have the most fun oh what a great competition (laughs) and like me and my rule book like I can always win that so I'm like I already won the game I'm really here to play but (laughs) what a beautiful way to look at life how can I have the most fun out of anybody here I think that's and that's still you I feel like that's still anytime I see you you're having the most fun oh (laughs) thank you I think I think that's that's the game we should be playing with ourselves and um so so I, there was a, like a lot of pressure from my parents, a lot of pressure from me. Um, my, my parents are both high achievers. They expected that from mm-hmm. all of us. And I seem to, for the most part, take in that really well, mm-hmm. that intense pressure. And there are definitely times that I cracked, you know. What, what makes a diamond is pressure. Mm. But if there's too much pressure on mm-hmm. a diamond, it cracks. Mm. Wow. So it's really important to to notice that balance. And everybody has a different kind of balance. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the masculine approach, mm. right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's my, my upbringing was by and large very mm-hmm. masculine, having four parents right. and... Um, three of which who were very much in their masculine. My yeah. stepmom was the only one who was really in her feminine. Mm. And she was almost more kind of like a sister in a sense mm-hmm. too. Um, so, <clears throat> so it was really like, felt like I was just being raised by these like three men. And then also, thank God, had, had my stepmom and my grandma, oh. my granny Urso, that were there providing that nurturance. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in eighth grade, <laughs> clenching around my teeth at night, this part, I'm like, I got this down because I've told this story way too many times and I like over-identified with it. Mm. But also it was like so much of my fucking time mm-hmm. that I don't even know how I could have not, mm-hmm. you know, it's like where we spend our time, mm-hmm. that is who we are mm-hmm. in that moment of our lives. Right. And I was spending so much time dealing with my headaches, thinking about my headaches mm-hmm. actually never stopped. Like they never stopped for like almost 10 years wow. until, unless I was medicated mm-hmm. in some way or another, mm-hmm. then there was pain. There was some sort of really intense headache mm-hmm. that I could barely think. So I start clenching and grinding my teeth that night, in like eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. And then it gets really bad. So then I get an appliance that alleviates the pain mm-hmm. But because I was using it every night, it wasn't actually intended to be used every night. Oh. And for somebody who's so young, it's like more of a temporary fix of pain. And for mm. older people, adults. But I was so young and I was like kind of a... I developed normally as a kid. But then but then once I got... As I was growing up, like maybe third grade to like middle of high school, I was like really slow development. I had to have mm. four teeth pulled when I was in eighth grade because they hadn't come out and I was wow. like, I'm getting to high school. Like I need to get braces on. Most people have mm-hmm. already gotten them out. Mm-hmm. 
we even had to wait six months for the teeth to grow out. Mm -hmm. And then I got braces like my, in the middle of my freshman or sophomore year. And so, um, so I start wearing this appliance at night. It, it did alleviate the pain. Mm -hmm. And I was attached to this thing. Like this thing mm. was my saving grace. Like, wow, this saved my life. I'm gonna it wear was every everything. Night. Yes, even in a nap. Like it was like if I took a one-hour nap or less, even if I didn't have that thing, and I'd wake up with a terrible headache. And so, like I remember times it got thrown away a couple times. Oh my god! And I like thought I was going to die. Oh, it like, became I, like a coping mechanism. Yeah, I mean, that. it was like. Yeah, it was almost, it was kind of like a binky in a certain sense. Like, not a really. binky. What? A binky? I don't know what a binky is. Are you serious? You totally do. <laughs> you gotta show me. It's the, it's like a little pacifier. It's a pacifier. Is it like candy? No. Or an actual a, pacifier? A little, yeah. It's just another name for a pacifier. Oh, no, I've never heard this one. <laughs> never heard this term. A binky. Yeah. All right. Wait. <laughs> We're going with it. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> So it was my everything. Yeah, I remember one time it got thrown away, I think by our housekeeper or my mom. And I was like, Mom, I think I told her, like, I'm literally going to die without that thing. And she searched through our dumpster and found it. Oh my God. In there. She was like searching through our whole trash. And we had a lot of trash because we had three, three girls yeah, in the house, yeah. a couple dogs. Two parents, my mom's house, and um, yeah, we got it back. We we cleaned the heck out of it, and I got it back. <laughs> it was amazing. This appliance, um, it was amazing, but not for a young person, mm -hmm. and I don't recommend it for anyone. At Why? All. Because what it was, I am not an expert in this area. Mm -hmm. I just don't recommend it for anyone because of my experience mm. and what I personally know. Mm -hmm. That's not all inclusive. Yeah. Um, so it was a plastic piece, kind of like a retainer, mm -hmm. but it was short. It just sat on your first four bottom teeth. Okay. And it's this like big, just like hunk of a plastic piece and mm -hmm. it's molded to the bottom. And then it had like the top was flat okay. like a little rim so I'm still clenching and grinding my teeth every night but now I have it's kind of like the length of a finger like okay okay yeah so I'm doing that every night for like a year or two uh -huh. probably like just a year my back teeth erupted oh. so my whole jaw top jaw slanted downwards the front teeth pushed forward oh. and the roof of my mouth concaved oh, squishing man. all of the bones above my mouth oh this is nuts. Yes. Yeah. So I had to have um, an expander hmm. twice because of this and then two surgeries. Mm, my God. So it's almost like this um, this thing that was alleviating your pain was just creating temporary comfort. And But this is like the epitome of life, right? Yeah. How we try to create this temporary comfort mm. without actually finding the root cause yes. of what something is why something is happening and then it ends up exploding into an even bigger mm. problem than you mm. could have even imagined oh, oh man oh my god it it changed this moment 
changed the entire course of my life and brought me here today. Wow. Brought Holy me crap. and you together in this life. <laughs> Thank you, Binky. <laughs> God bless that, Binky. <laughs> so, so, yeah, my it got to the point, y'all, where um, when I closed my mouth, essentially imagine that you have your index finger like the first or second knuckle or in between there in between your front and bottom top and bottom front teeth Mm -hmm. but your back teeth are touching like it was literally like this my teeth okay, only touch on the back two corners. But, and then there was this gap in the front yes. from the freaking I can put thing. I could put a slice of pizza in and out of my oh, mouth with wow. my mouth closed. <gasps> Cat, that's catastrophic. I know. Man. I could not eat pizzas. I could not eat sandwiches. I could really not eat shit. Like, I was eating... I had to eat mush, basically. Wow. And I... And or had to cut with my fork and knife, mm-hmm. chew with my fork and knife, mm. and or, yeah, just like eat things that I could like use with my tongue or yeah. like, they yeah. just kind of need like a lot of fruit, a lot of stuff like that. But there was a phase, there was a phase where I kind of like, um, I brought on the, how do I even say this? <laughs> I embodied a shark because I got, extra layers of teeth they literally they put a ramp of fake teeth Uh as a temporary fix so that i could chew wow i was doing all this different like physical therapy i think i was having the expander at Mm -hmm. this time too um this was my senior year in high school Mm -hmm. and then my junior year of Mm -hmm. i'm sorry my freshman year of college so those two years and it was it was an attempt to try. I don't even know like what the long term plan was for oh. this, but um, so that was helpful. But there were three parts to it. So there was like the molars on each side of on my bottom jaw. Uh-huh. It would be like the molar piece on mm-hmm. one on each side, and then there was one plastic piece that was in the front. Mm-hmm. That you know doesn't really have much to like glue onto. Uh-huh. So sometimes it would fall out. While you were like in public? Yeah. Wow. Or like in New Orleans. And my guy is in Houston. That happened one time. Oh. And so I literally just have this like giant gap of like teeth. Or of like no teeth. Whoa. So it was like here, like uh-huh. the ramp, and then just like a literal hole. And that was really scary and embarrassing so i was like i don't want anybody to see me and get freaked out Mm. (laughs) and i had to be really gentle when i chewed for those couple years because i didn't want it to fall out again because it Mm -hmm. happened a few times and i just felt how kind of unstable it was and didn't feel right it was also making my jaw more slanted like when i got the ramp out my jaw was even more mm-hmm. misaligned mm-hmm. or malaligned, as mm-hmm. they call it in that field. And so, yeah, so that was basically like fast forward to my sophomore year of college. We were basically like, okay, that didn't work. Mm. Now we're transitioning to prepare for the surgery. There were some other things that were happening during there, but it was kind of like, okay. I got a little bit of a break. I was like, I need a breather from this. 
I was also on medication at this point. I was taking a muscle relaxer Mm -hmm. that also like kind of serves as an antidepressant. Mm. I was taking that pretty much every night. It was Soma for anybody who is who's interested in in the medical world. Mm. So yeah, it didn't really, it kind of helped. It kind of helped, but it definitely made me feel out of it, Mm -hmm. detached, Mm -hmm. more emotionally numb, definitely just like not as physically present. Mm -hmm. I hated taking it. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person y'all that like, I think I've taken Advil and or Tylenol and or any of those kinds of stuff. Definitely no more than like five times outside of when I was actually in the hospital for surgeries. Okay, no, I can't say that because of surgeries and stuff. And I did take it then when I was recovering. Outside of those, like as far as like, Life, it's a random just, day. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I'm sick with a fever. Mm-hmm. I would say probably no more than five times in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and that might even be more. Mm -hmm. So point is, I don't take medicine, pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. if I don't need to, like I avoid them at all costs. Mm -hmm. And, but at this point in my life, I was so desperate for, for clarity for, to be out of pain simply. Yeah, it was it was devastating and mm-hmm. over the course of those 5 years that I was on that medication, started my senior year of high school on Soma, I started on a couple other medications in addition to Soma once I was in college. Mm-hmm. A couple years in because it started just not really doing the job and I didn't mm. I didn't want to increase that amount. I wanted to try something else in addition to that. So that's what we did. I had three other medications that I was prescribed in addition to that. They were more as needed kinds of things. Mm. Um, They were more of a quick release. Quick fix. Yeah. And And this was all prior to the surgery? Yeah. Yeah. This was all prior to the surgery. Mm -hmm. Yep. I guess, oh, including actually the year after the surgery too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, junior year... I get the braces, also like just went through a breakup-ish, um, <laughs> and that was devastating because my best friend, my who was my boyfriend in college, he already graduated, and then I was in my junior year of college, he was gone. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have my best friend here. And I like now have braces. (laughs) So that was really tough. I mean, I had other best friends there too, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely like a whole different life. And I remember many days where I just like nearly cried all day long. Mm. And... There's a lot of good stuff going on in my t- in my life too. <laughs> like it is not all one side of the story. If you weren't close to me, you had no idea any of this was happening. Mm. Like I was taking a full course load. I was in honors classes. I was a nearly straight A student. 
I was in all these different clubs. Mm -hmm. I joined a sorority. I was super active, like going to all these different events on campus and all these different concerts. Like <laughs> it's crazy because, like, on the flip side, you were struggling so much, but then also having the best time. Yes. Wow. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. Having so many good times, so many amazing friends and amazing moments, and mm -hmm. so much laughter that I remember from New Orleans. And um, yeah, that that city, I mean, she just, she holds you so well. Yeah. Oh God, New Orleans, <laughs> I love you so much. It's magical. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I was like also in a place where I was like, okay, I'm kind of sick of this. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to be my identity. So I'm gonna try to focus on it, like basically as, as little as I need to, like do what mm -hmm. I need to mm -hmm. do and then like go on with my day. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads me to the spiritual journey. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that next, given like your upbringing with Christian mm -hmm. family and then having all of these struggles. I was gonna ask like when your yoga journey even started. Yeah. Like when did you get introduced to yoga? So it depends on which kind of yoga you're talking because when I'm starting to get into a lot more in my, in my personal understanding and, and knowledge is that, I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of yogas. Mm -hmm. There's like 17, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe from the Bhagavad Gita. And there's like four most like, four categories is my understanding of them. Um, and I'm like, kind of want to pull it up to make yeah. sure I'm, I'm saying this properly. And so I wonder if it's, I have this little book that's like the, the book of yoga. And I wonder if it's going to be the same thing. So I don't remember what all of them were. It was like karma, bhakti, and then something else. But I don't know if okay. that were all. Yeah. So I've been looking into this this week because I wanted to, I wanted to be able to reference these mm -hmm. and use their proper names mm -hmm. in this podcast and i found this from um what the picture i'm looking at from Sadhguru's website okay and there is he breaks it down in the four categories karma yoga uh -huh. kriya yoga okay bhakti yoga okay. and jnana yoga oh, okay. i don't know if i'm saying that one right okay jnana okay so let's see <laughs> okay yeah so i think karma yoga in in the sense of I wasn't ever thinking of this when I was younger as yoga. I came to know yoga intellectually mm -hmm. and with the proper, with the language of it, mm -hmm. um, starting dabbling a little bit in the, in high school mm -hmm. and then dabbling a little bit in college really started, really dove in my senior year of college. Mm. So I was a, about, I was 21. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that was when it was like, yoga is life. <laughs> yoga is everything. <laughs> and so, karma yoga, um, it's been described as yoga of selfless service to others. Mm. So, having what your work is, what you do in daily life to be of service to others. Mm -hmm. And that I knew as far as far as I can remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I certainly vividly remember 
a time where I was about eight years old and I was going through some sort of, there was some sort of like fight or something at my mom's house with me, I me and my mom, I believe. And I was so upset and I was hurting and I was just like, oh, like I am gonna remember all these things that she did so that mm. I never do those things that hurt me to my mm. kids and <laughs> this is not fair and, and all of that. And I was just crying, crying, crying in this little nook of my room in between my bed and these drawers. And I remember a wave wash over me hmm. and it was just like I was not sad there was no sadness anymore at all hmm. and I could hear a voice it was it was in my own head mm -hmm. um, I believe it to be either my higher self an angel one of my ancestors my future me or all of the above <laughs> all one it's my belief and um I heard everything you're going through now is to help you in your service of bringing others closer to God. Mm. This is happening for you. And your mom loves you so much. Mm. She loves you so much. <laughs> and I could just see from this like really broad, it really broadened my perspective. Mm. It was like, I understood what was going on. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember, but I just know, I just remember understanding mm. why what was happening was happening and, and accepting it all. And without using like the word in my mind, gratitude, I was grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And I was just in such a place of love. And I remember running downstairs mm. and going to hug my mom. Wow. <laughs> She was downstairs on the couch still and like, just like laying there with her Aww. after that. Yeah. And that was such a turning point in my life. And I, mm. I didn't share that experience with anyone for many years mm. because it was so special mm. to me. I think I shared that for the first time, maybe a year or two ago. Wow. Like I'm pretty private in those, in those kinds of moments that are, and we were just talking about mm -hmm. this at lunch too, that like when, when things happen like that, that are so special mm -hmm. to you that there's a certain amount of time that, and for certain things, and yeah. at least for us, yeah. that it's really helpful to sit with it yeah. and let that be yours. Just let it integrate. Yeah. I think, I think part of me didn't want to share it because I didn't want somebody to go that didn't happen mm. no it didn't I'm like there's literally nothing that you can say to talk to question the specialness of it right and then make you it kind of like rains on your parade totally. if you share it with someone totally so meaningful yes yeah. exactly mm -hmm. um and I think I'm at the point now where I'm like I really don't care what anybody thinks about that experience. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you believe me mm -hmm. whatsoever. Like, really, like, don't believe me. Like, believe <laughs> you. Like, what sits with you? What is authentic to you? Do not take my word for anything. <laughs> take your word. Listen to yourself above all, above anyone else. So, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> and I just 
knew, I mean, both of my parents are here to serve. Mm-hmm. They're service providers. Yeah. They are doctors mm-hmm. and they have given away so much mm-hmm. of their life, so much of themselves. They've given up in a sense to God. They've given up their wow. life to serve mm-hmm. and they shared stories they shared that with me throughout my upbringing yeah. and my dad I remember my dad saying many times he's like I don't care who shows up at my door I don't care if even he would say I don't care if somebody just murdered their wife and came up mm. to my door with a gun wound in their eye I am there to help them. Wow. I am there to serve them. That mm-hmm. is the pledge mm-hmm. that I made. Mm-hmm. I don't know your history. And hopefully we can talk it out. Yeah. And maybe you'll turn over a new leaf. Wow. Like that That mm. was how he saw his work. Yeah. Is that he can have an impact on others to help uplift their spirits. To yeah. help enable them to, to be of service. Yeah. So whether your parents know it or not, they've been karma yogis forever. Yes. <laughs> and I love the way that you just said, give up, mm. get given up. I don't know if I've ever really put those two words together. Normally when you think of give up, it's like this negative connotation. Right. I'm giving up. I'm like, I'm, I give up. Oh, like I, um, I wasn't able to endure this or something mm. like that. But the way that you emphasize the word up, is, and you literally like nobody can see you but you made like a gesture with your hand like like up going upwards and it made me think about wow like you're literally giving it up to god mm. thank you for giving it in that perspective because mm. i really i had never thought of those two words as giving up to god for mm. something greater and i think for anyone that's ever felt like giving up that's a beautiful way to mm. look at what giving up can mean and can mm. look like you're giving it up to God, giving mm. up. Wow. Yes. And like your parents, that they've given up so much of their life. And it's like, you say that to someone and they might be like, well, wow, they give they gave up so much of their life. Mm. Or even like just r- random examples of like um, a mom that's given up her life for her kids, right? Right. But it's like you've given that up to God mm. to serve mm. in some way. Yes. That's beautiful. Oh. That's beautiful. And, and so many times when we want to give up in the context of uh surrender like just quit Mm -hmm. in a sense Mm -hmm. is when we have such an opportunity to give it up to god Mm -hmm. because we're typically in such a vulnerable state Mm -hmm. and that's when we're most open that's when we're most willing to receive Mm -hmm. from god Mm -hmm. um so i Mm -hmm. i yeah i really i really like that love that too yeah um, so let's see, really a lot of that, like I just started practicing the, the Hatha yoga later in my life, but the, the Jhana yoga, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. It starts with a J. Yeah. J-N-A. Okay. J-N-A yoga. It's known as the path of knowledge and self-study. So it's yoga, somebody described it as yoga to union with supreme through intellect. Mm. So I've always been interested in psychology. Right. I've always been interested right. in medicine. I've always been interested in self-study. I, y'all, I started going to therapy for the first time when I was two years old. Wow. <laughs> no way. Yes. Not consistently, like not every single year, but 
um, consistently throughout my life I have mm. up to the age of I'm about to be 28 mm. like two weeks let's go yes Leo season <laughs> this is also in honor of you this episode oh my god yes can we just time. like give praise to Leo season right now we are so happy to be here I know you are <laughs> We have made it yet again, Leos. Give it up for the Leos oh gosh. out there. Leos. Love you. Love you, fellow Leos. <laughs> Anybody who's got Leo in their charts in some placement or another. Also, we've got a lot of Leo placements going on right now in our planets. Besides just our sun, we've got Venus and Lilith both in Leo. I believe they're both in the microwave too, cooking up. <laughs> Cooking up some shit together right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's oh it's a gosh. lot of new leaves turning over, especially mm-hmm. for feminine feminine mm-hmm. energy and, and mm-hmm. owning one's power. I feel that. Um, and everybody has the divine feminine, the divine masculine mm-hmm. in us. We we all have the that polarity within yeah. us, and we also all are also above that. Yeah. We are the one. We yeah. are yeah. the neither. We yeah. are the everything and nothing. Mm. <laughs> so, y'all, I, I was talking to my dad earlier today, and he reminded me how we were watching his surgeries. I started watching his him performing eye surgery at at least at the ripe old age of two. Oh, my also. God. When you started therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I went to therapy. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, I remember him coming, he'd like, sometimes he'd like bring eyeballs home, like literally, no I think there were like sheep eyeballs, I think he did what? bring some, to like, like actual them? human, he just wanted to show us, he really <gasps> wanted us to be eye surgeons too, wow. he was, he's really good at what he does, mm-hmm. and he wanted to, he wanted to pass on all of his knowledge to mm-hmm. his kids, mm-hmm. I mean, who, who better to like learn everything that you know than somebody that you're yeah. raising yeah um but no none of us wanted to go in that direction <laughs> after all <laughs> i think he uh he wow. uh, uh sent us in the other That's direction funny. you were seeing his eye surgeries <laughs> and going to therapy and now you're becoming a psychologist <laughs> instead of an eye doctor <laughs> and and my my goal is to help people see mm. better yeah you yeah know? i love that <laughs> I know. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give a shout out to my sister Ellie. She, cause her and I are both on the spiritual path, and and she um, brought to my attention and said something along the lines of, um, you know, my mom. She puts people to sleep. She's mm-hmm. an anesthesiologist, mm-hmm. and make sure that they're safe oh. while they're asleep. Make sure that they get everything that they need. Mm-hmm. All their vitals are taken care of. They're hydrated. Mm-hmm. And they've got any, any like electrolytes that they need, stuff like that, any other medications, keeps them safe and then brings them back awake. Mm. So our part of our process as like, at least in our story and really every yoga instructor, like hypnotherapist and stuff like that, um, we are putting people to in a sleep like state mm-hmm. in meditation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's different, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's, in a similar mm-hmm. realm and in order to help them see better wake up and, see and better. wake up <laughs> wake the fuck wow. up <laughs> we're doing what your mom and your dad do we put people to sleep we put them in a state of trance mm. 
where it can allow them to see themselves in a more clear way to help them wake up. Mm. Yes. Mm. Oh, mm. thank you. Thank you, Ellie, for that. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> so, so Jhana, Jhana oh, yeah. Yoga, okay, psychology. So, yeah, so I've always been interested in psychology. I thought I was going to be a doctor. I was pre-med and undergrad. I uh, was studying for the MCAT after, and wow. that's when I decided, I was like, no, this is not the path for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, when I was even, I was like 12 to 14 years old, around that time, maybe longer, I was volunteering at Memorial Hermann, and I was shadowing a bunch of different doctors, because my mom worked there at the time, and I got to shadow all her mm-hmm. different friends, and I thought I wanted to be a surgeon, and um, I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, specifically. Wow. And so I was shadowing some neurosurgeons and I got to see some, some open brain surgery mm-hmm. and two of them, they were awake. Oh my God. Yeah. How? No, wait, one of them, one of them, they were awake. Girl was freaking crazy. What? I was like 14 years old. I was not phased. Oh, um, yeah. You've been seeing eyeballs since <laughs> you were two. You're like, okay, just another body part that I'm seeing. Here. I'm like, so now more queasy about it ever <laughs> oh, since I went through I my cannot. surgeries. I cannot. I, it makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, this person, she was awake. She had brain cancer and they were trying to figure out which parts of the brain are no longer intact mm. and they need to be taken out because they're cancerous versus the parts of the brain that are still intact. So he's labeling it. He has like little letters what? and he's asking her questions like, repeat back to me, bear, jellyfish, dragon. I don't know. Those are the first three animals that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then she tries saying, she, she, and then it's her turn. And then he pokes a little part of her brain and activates it to see if, okay. So like sometimes she just says it. Mm-hmm. She's like, bear, jellyfish, dragon. Like, I mean, she's, she's more like sleepy saying right. it. Um, and so they're like, all right, you know, that part is good to go. Uh-huh. We got to shovel that. No, sorry. That sounded really gross. Shovel that. <laughs> Let's shovel that out. <laughs> We gotta gently, Medical ever so terms. kindly scoop that out of there. Let's shovel it out. And, um, but sometimes, then they like poke another part of her brain and she's like, bear, jellyfish, murder. And you're like, yeah, don't take that part out, that part you need. Um, <laughs> so I really got to see, because you learn when you're studying psychology and, and, neurobiology and all those kinds of fields you learn about the different parts of the brain mm-hmm. like the Broca's area and the hippocampus etc mm-hmm. etc and yeah I've heard perspectives of like um you know it's all one brain yes it is all one brain and it's its own parts yeah of course I mean for me I got to see it I'm nobody can deny that to yeah me. <laughs> you literally said it <laughs> so I was reading research articles for as long as I can remember. Both my parents are research scientists. Yeah. I started I started editing some of my mom's textbooks, actually. <laughs> wow. um, she does research on anesthesiology. I started editing her textbooks when I was also around 14. Mm. And so I'm like reading all this medical mm-hmm. nomenclature and 
and stuff and and I was just so interested I was reading books on the female brain I was constantly reading books that were way higher than my age group Mm -hmm. growing up because I just so I just like have always had this Mm. desire or drive Mm -hmm. to understand the psyche yeah also my own experience with my own mental health struggles Mm -hmm. with um at least what what appears to me as my experience of depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. um other people in my family's mental illness um mental disease mental disorder i really wanted to help Mm. them Mm. that was me growing up i didn't at least as far as my family goes I didn't have needs. It was like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm always good. Don't, nobody has to worry about me. Mm. I have a question. Yeah. Okay. Please. So I, I truly believe that our suffering, all of those things that we go through lead to our passion in Mm. one way or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how would you say that everything that happened with your jaw, Mm. that so many years of like, not only physical pain, but emotional and mental pain. Mm. How did that, first of all, affect you and then lead to a passion of yours? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that leads to the climax okay. of this whole jaw story. Perfect. All the preparation is there. <laughs> I had the uh, double jaw reconstructive surgery. I had my braces on junior year of high school. It was, I think on Christmas Eve. So I spent Christmas that year in the hospital and, um, we did it all over winter break. <laughs> had like three weeks, get the surgery done, get back to wow. school <laughs> and <clears throat> come back to new Orleans, like a couple weeks. And I was so supported by so many of my family members, so many of my friends, my boyfriend, or at that time, um, coming to visit. And like, I either had him or my friend Paige who were with me every single night Mm. after. It was just like so, so held Mm. in that time, in that time, Mm. okay? Mm. (laughs) Then, And it was like, y'all, it was the most, I was just absolutely elated um, once I got my braces off. So I had um, three months where my jaw was really, really sensitive. It was uh, wired shut for the majority of that three months. Mm -hmm. I could take it out the wires to like eat. Mm -hmm. It was really just like really tight rubber bands. Um, And I would just eat mush smoothies just enough to get a spoon in after like a month or two mm-hmm. I could fit a spoon in my mouth so get my braces off like Jill, June and I'm on top of the world I'm like oh my god anything is possible I was just about turned 21 and that all started when I was 12 so it was like a nine year period where 
everything was finishing. Like my jaw was perfectly oh. aligned. Oh my god! Everything was straight. Everything wow. was just like felt amazing. Wow. I was just had these pearly whites, mm. and just like I wiped my hands clean. I was like, oh my god, I'm you're done. like goodbye chapter. Yes. Wow. So then I go and study abroad in Geneva. Okay. I was studying abroad for a month that summer. Five weeks after getting my braces off, I'm in Barcelona with some friends. Mm -hmm. And um, long story short, we're on this, like, we're at a Diplo concert, mm -hmm. Razzmatazz. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking crazy. Um, it's on the beach in Barcelona. Wow. So fun. This place is huge. It's got, like, seven different stages. Mm -hmm. Um, they only had one that Diplo was, that was being used that oh, night okay. Diplo was playing. So they set one of the stages up as a place for people to dance. Mm -hmm. It was right across from him, like had a great view standing right towards the edge of that stage. And like, we're all, you know, there's like a giant line of us and like few rows and, um, and we're just having the best time ever. And I'm there at this point. It was just me and one of my friends at the time that I was rooming with at that time, Carrie. And so, God bless her. Um, and so, she, we were about to leave. She's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and then let's head out. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna like give it, give it my all for this mm -hmm. last song. So, somebody tripped on one of the little table tables or chairs because they had little like cute little tables and chairs okay. that were set up for people to sit on this little platform somebody falls and they domino effect fall into me oh. i fly off the stage oh my head first no, no. and you know like in on a stage there's like a wall where the security guards stand between yeah. that's like right i don't know like four feet tall or something mm -hmm. I fall into that, <gasps> literally like hit, hit my, break my jaw, <gasps> fracture, some, break some ribs. Not like oh I was like a crack gosh. of the tip of the ribs. So <gasps> freaking painful and concussed. Oh my God. Like I could do a whole podcast on yeah. just this day Wow. <laughs> because the amount of denial that I was in. <gasps> Honey, I You're was like, like, no, my jaw. No. This is a nightmare. This is a literal nightmare. Because I passed out. I wow. wake up in an ambulance with people. Everybody's like screaming from my memory. And, and I wake up. Crazy thing was, I had nightmares every night this week. That up, upcoming to Leading this day. Leading up to it, yeah. That I, my jaw was forced to be closed like I couldn't open my mouth oh. and I was like trying to talk to the people around me and I oh. needed something and people were ignoring me they couldn't understand me they didn't wow. hear me and then it fucking happened and oh. I thought it was a nightmare you know because I just mm -hmm. experienced mm -hmm. a whole week of that so I wake up so disoriented <gasps> blood all over me because you wow. know the face bleeds a lot and I had a cut on my chin from where I hit it I broke it on the side and oh. and I'm like and I'm like trying to grab them. I, I think they like weren't, in, I don't know. Yeah. I just remember at some point, I'm like asking over and over again, like, this is a nightmare? Is this a nightmare? 
and my I can't open my mouth either. Oh my and I'm just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. Um, and then I think I'm like trying to grab them. Like, please, like, is this? Tell me this is a nightmare. And they're like slapping me down. Like, who knows what I was, what was happening? Why they're being so mean to me? Um, and they strapped me down. What? I mean, like, I was probably freaking out. I didn't have that yeah. much energy because of everything that just happened. Um, so I couldn't really do much. Mm-hmm. But mm. so they were really not nice. Wow. And I just remember they, like, could not wait to get me out of there. Mm. Like, they were just required to come because somebody called in their ambulance. Mm-hmm. I was in and out of consciousness on the ride over there. And all they did, they didn't do an x-ray. They just stitched up the little cut on my chin. And then they, like, spat me back out to the streets. No. Yeah. So they had no idea your jaw was broken. Nope. Neither did I. And I walked back home to Javi's place. And where Carrie and I were staying. And I was, like, on the way there, I was just, like, this is a nightmare. I'm going to wake up and... This is not gonna be happening. I'm gonna be going to the museums tomorrow and have a great time. <laughs> Wake up, it's still happening. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I think I just like, I think my jaw just dislocated. The denial. Yeah. You did not want like, to believe I'm fine. That. We go to see some museums and um, it was fucking gorgeous. <laughs> but I just could not even stand to it. To stand straight. <laughs> and I was just like, I need to go horizontal immediately. Mm. I was there with another friend that I went to high school with and his friend. He was also studying abroad. And so there was like six of us. Mm-hmm. And um, two of them came with me to just like help me, I don't know, figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. John was there and he was like, he... Knew the whole experience for the most part of all my jaw stuff. He was like, you need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Like, just go on with your day. I'm just going to take a nap. I'm just going to take a nap. Yeah, and I'll be tired. good. <laughs> just tired. <laughs> he called my mom and was like, your daughter is not okay. Oh, no. And they got me to go to a hospital. Um... And I was like, everybody, like, don't worry about me. I'm going to be fine. Um, go and enjoy your trip. So, you know, the hospital's super close. Walked, I don't know, 10 minutes, the closest one. They were packed. They could not take care of me. They could not understand me. Mm. Um, I, didn't, I don't speak great Spanish. Mm. I speak some. I don't know the medical terms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was also like, I just need somebody to pop my jaw back in its place. And I was like trying to motion Aww. it. And they're like, look at all these people. Like we're like Aww. trying to speak with our motions and what we know of one another's yeah. language. Yeah. And I then go to an next hospital, look it up. That was a little farther drive or train ride, whatever it was, the tram. They also can't take me. They've got too many people. Gosh. They don't really want to take me. They're like, oh, you're American? No, I can't help you. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, great. Thanks. 
So I go to, I then like look up, okay, where has somebody, where's a hospital that has a translator? Mm. Um, so I found a hospital, Sao Paulo. That was my saving grace. I was walking around the city, Barcelona, for 12 hours by myself with a broken jaw, Whoa. broken ribs, two smoothies in my system that was in that I could sip through a missing tooth mm. that I had. I was born without a molar on my bottom teeth. Mm. Thank God I could fit a straw through there mm. because I couldn't open my mouth. Mm. And it's 10 p.m. by the time I get to this hospital. Mm-hmm. There's an international liaison there. He speaks English. His name was Ted, wow. I believe. Sweet as can be. <laughs> my angel. And he was like, there's one person in this hospital that might be able to do that surgery. He's a plastic surgeon. I'm going to go check with him. Mm. His shift is ending right now. So I don't know if he can take care of you. He tells him about my whole case. This doctor is supposed to get off work. He's already been working for like 12 hours. He stays there all night. Wow. He was there for 20 four hours he performed my surgery what an angel yeah angel he also did perform my surgery on like no sleep and it was not well done (laughs) (laughs) but he did it he did it (laughs) so because it was not well done that was why it's still not in the right alignment today oh my god (laughs) i know just like lost all hope also though at the same time like I was just completely defeated I was just like what in the world is going on um and I knew at the very deep core of me that there's no fucking way (laughs) not a chance that that is an accident the other guy who fell, his name was Patrick. He didn't break a thing. He just needed stitches on his forehead. I don't even think he got a concussion. He told me the story of what happened. I wouldn't have even known. I'm Mm. taking his word for the story. Mm. So yeah, Hmm. it was freaking just crazy because of everything that I just went through. Like I thought it was at the finish line. Right. I thought that this, you know, this is I'm I'll be happy once I this happens. Right. Once my right. jaw is aligned. Right. Mm. Once I get my braces off. <sighs> and that's when I was like, you know what? I'm fucking happy now. <laughs> I'm happy today. Like I'm alive. I almost died. Yeah. I could have died mm. easily. Mm. And that was a very big turning point in my life because I was just like, I'm so blessed to be alive, you know? People have really, really traumatic and treacherous disabilities mm. on this earth, in this life, and still have amazing lives. Mm. Like, I can be one of those people. Mm. I don't care if I eat smoothies or soups for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, oh, that's, 
you know, or if I have trouble speaking, whatever, like, I'm alive. Mm -hmm. I'm breathing. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to be here. And, and I feel like that has really stayed core to my being and just like, Mm all the little things that happen in life like are so minimal Mm -hmm. when your life is on the line Mm -hmm. and you know how precious this life is what a learning from that (laughs) what a learning from that and what a perspective shift because your whole life it was almost that like your happiness was depending on when this happens when this happens when this happens i'll be happy I'll feel so good and it's like it finally happened and it's like God the universe source said you're not done yet because the the ultimate goal here is for you to get to this perspective shift that all of this can happen and you may still not be happy so here we go again for whatever reason that catastrophic thing happened to you in Barcelona that got you to this point of like you know what fuck it yeah I give up I was just like, I just don't care. Like, I just want to be happy today. I just want to live day by day. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll be a doctor. Like, I don't think I can in this, Mm -hmm. in this state, in this pain. Like, I don't care what I am. I'm just happy to be here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I finished out my last year of college with that, with that attitude. And Mm -hmm. it was the same year that my jaw was popping out of its socket. So there were Mm -hmm. moments that were like, ah. And I was in extreme pain because mm-hmm. it was popping out of its socket and getting locked very frequently. Um, but I also was medicated, mm-hmm. also was self-medicating. Mm-hmm. And I also was living a really happy life. Mm-hmm. I was living a life with a lot of joy. So mm-hmm. after that surgery, after that break, excuse me, that second break, um, they were like, yeah, your jaw's not misaligned again, mm-hmm. is what it looks like. So you need another surgery. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, okay, I'm going to get that after I graduate from college. Like, I want to have one year of college where I'm not going home, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. around or at least once a month for doctor appointments. Um, And I was a little bit, but it was much more relaxed. Mm -hmm. I was also found some doctors in in New Orleans, and they relieved the pain. I did dry needling, Mm -hmm. um, which was super helpful for extreme pain. And so I found, like short fixes that could just hold me over for that year Mm -hmm. and were really helpful and were really vital Mm -hmm. for my going out with a bang and like going out my last year just having a lot of fun Mm -hmm. so after I graduated the only thing I had planned was that surgery Mm -hmm. it was scheduled it was everything like it was all everything was in place they were just waiting for me to finish school and then put it in the books then so I decided I'm like, since I'm going to be just recovering and in recovery mode after I graduate, I want to be doing something with my life that first where I'm still learning, mm-hmm. I'm still developing myself, I'm still um, involved with the community, mm-hmm. and I'm still healing. I'm doing mm-hmm. something to help my physical body heal. Mm-hmm. And it has a flexible schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, yoga teacher training. I always, like, that was a dream of mine to be a yoga instructor 
but didn't really think it it was aligning. I was at this point in my life, I had been um, studying Buddhism a lot in college. I took a course um, on Buddhism at Tulane, and we did a lot of different practices, and I read a lot of different books, and I was really upset with some things that I saw in in Christian spaces that mm. I was involved with, and so I started turning more to Buddhism okay. as my spiritual path, um, and then never really got super attached to it though, and always was super open-minded to yeah. other religions. Yeah. Like always saw the um, the core tenets of each and how mm-hmm. a lot of them, if not all of them, are so similar totally. at their most yeah. basic core. Hundred percent. Um, and so it was time to do yoga teacher training and I immediately was called to Pralaya Yoga with Robert Bustaini and started, started studying with him. Mm-hmm. Um, right after I graduated mm-hmm. college, I went cold turkey off all my medications mm-hmm. because when I first met Robert, and took my first class with him over spring break. At the end of our yoga class, it was an hour and a half class. At the end of our yoga class, I felt like I was floating mm. at the end of the meditation. And I actually had to open my eyes and look at the ground. Am I, am I levitating? Is <laughs> <laughs> it happening? No, I was not, but (laughs) it really felt like it. And, and what that felt like viscerally was no pain, so light, Mm -hmm. heart centered, um, complete freedom. Mm. And I had never been not in pain from without medication Mm -hmm. for 10 years. There was not a point where I was not in pain without medication. And it just brought me so much hope. Mm -hmm. That was a turning point. That was right there my turning point for a depressive period of my life, Mm -hmm. of 10 years of a depressive period. And that point, it was like a flip switch. Um, I started writing poetry mm. around this time. Like I just had so many different awakenings yeah. and revelations. Yeah. Wow. And I just saw, like, I came back from that trip and was just like, oh my God, y'all, mm. magic is real. Wow. Magic is real. <laughs> it's like you, you had been able to finally tap into creativity because mm. pain and pleasure they are literally like the, uh, the one side of a coin and the other side, mm. like two sides. It's, yes. You can't have pain and pleasure at the same time. Mm. And I can imagine that was like a moment of pleasure, just mm. pure pleasure. Yes. Which, of course, as we know, is completely c- connected to creativity. Yes. And to creative energy. Totally. So that makes sense that Definitely. you were like, okay, I'm going to write poetry now and all yeah. of these things. Yeah. yeah. I was also taking a dance class. This was my last semester in college. 
Um, and I was taking a dance class at the time. Mm -hmm. I was also taking, at, at Tulane, I was taking a drum ensemble class. I was taking <laughs> private drum lessons. Like, wow. yeah, I was really tapping into my creativity. Hmm. You're right. Yeah, That makes totally. a lot of sense. Yeah, it was like, I... I don't know what I want to do with yeah. my life, but like for right now, I want to do this. <laughs> I knew I was here to serve, you know, it was just a matter of like which avenue of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I dabbled in, in physical yoga and the asana, dabbling starting in middle school, more so in high school, and then dove into it as a daily practice um, that year in 2017. Mm -hmm. That was a turning point. Um, so I started studying with Robert and really, um, once I kind of like, so I studied with him for two weekends intensively and I, um, one of my really good friends in that program, he was training in massage mm. therapy. Mm -hmm. And I was sharing with him everything with my jaw and he was like, I really want to help you release some of that. Mm -hmm. And so we did. Mm. Um, we went into some deep work. We would do yoga all day long, literally nonstop, because he just had a physical injury too. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like in his last week of his time off from work mm -hmm. because of that physical injury. And so we were like, let's go. We're going ham. <laughs> and oh my God, Natalie. That was my first experience, as far as I remember, my first experience of a repressed memory mm. and a repressed, yeah, a repressed memory mm. leaving the body. Mm. Wow. I was, we were on the beach when, when it was happening, the big release from my jaw, because we, we did it in multiple sessions. Um, but there was really one really big one. I'm screaming, mm. crying on the beach in Belgium. And, <laughs> and um, like having all these memories surface and all of this pain, like memories of cries, like memories mm. of cries that happened and cries that never yet were, mm. were coming and emanating from me, from my mm. voice. Mm -hmm from my body, from my energy. And it was a whole body experience. My whole body, I mean, when I first started working and training yoga um, with Robert, my whole body was electrified. Mm. Um, the, the prana was running, it was nonstop. And especially once that, once that opening with my jaw, it was nonstop. Mm -hmm. Running, wow. uh, it was like I was an electrical wow. current just <laughs> running around the world. <laughs> um, the prana was flowing. It was like there was so much that mm -hmm. was blocked, mm -hmm. and it just all let go, just like washed away. Wow! In the beach and listen, mm. like, listen to the signs of God. God is speaking to us in really every single moment. It doesn't need to be some traumatic thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can listen to God with grace. I didn't know what that looked like at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I 
needed what seemed at the time a rude awakening or mm-hmm. maybe I didn't need it but that was what happened that was what was mm-hmm. and um I don't I don't think that that's necessary whatsoever I my practice now is is listening with grace is listening to the signs when you feel something building mm-hmm. up you know and then taking a step back what what that whole experience taught me was there's something greater than us there's that doesn't happen by accident mm-hmm. that i have every person that was on that platform Mm-mm. breaks their jaw Mm-mm. Five weeks after getting your braces off a double jaw reconstruction. That does not happen by accident. Like God has a plan. And I knew that as tough as it was, I was like, I see you, God. I see you. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm what, what do you need? What do I need? How can I serve? What is the path? Like I will do anything. I will do anything. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. I started meditating. Uh, I started meditating after the jaw break regularly-ish. Um, I started actually really on my own with a one-minute meditation. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. Start anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, take anywhere. that first step. Yeah. That first step is the most difficult step. Yeah. That one minute became so delicious so mm-hmm. quickly. You know, everybody has one minute before you go to bed. Yeah. That one minute became so delicious so quickly. And I was like, I'm going to repeat, repeat. Ten minutes. More. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So just start. Just do it. Yeah. I'm going to go Nike on your ass. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> my gosh, Kat. I could ask you 20 more questions that could unfold into three more hours of this episode. <laughs> or even like there's some a point that came in my mind that I, I want to even touch on really quick. Yeah. Um, just like that, yes, all that happened to you again. Like the jaw breaking, that, that, that was definitely not an accident and for a really deeper purpose. And then there's also this other thing that I see in that and it's like, how our fears, our biggest fears, manifest into mm. that. Because mm. you, your, yes. and also that yes. when we identify with a certain thing, we continue to call that in. Yes. And that's just so interesting to me that your whole life you had this identity around your jaw. Yeah. You know? So then, right when it's fixed, right when it's all good, you're still having these <laughs> nightmares about uh-huh. it. Yep. And it's almost like a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy yes. because of Wonders. the fear of like, God, if this ever happened again, then my happiness would be taken yeah. away from me. Mm-hmm. And then boom, it happens again. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, because in that moment you decided to give it up, mm. I don't know what's happened since, if you've mm. had any more job breaking no. things but it seems like after that you found a lot of alignment yes with the yoga program with the friend that was able to help you release that mm-hmm. somatically through your body i didn't need surgery oh i didn't need surgery i had seen two different surgeons to get two opinions mm-hmm. to make sure i needed surgery mm-hmm. they both thought i did yeah i did not he, that release that i had mm-hmm. my jaw just went loop 
slid back into place. It was muscular, mm. muscular and fascial mm. tissue that was just knotted up. It was not structural. I would have had a surgery I didn't need mm-hmm. oh my if it goodness. weren't for yoga. And granted, y'all, I had to do yoga for about seven hours every day to be out of pain with no with no substances. And I did that for like a year or three. Wow. Where I would do yoga for like at least three hours a day (laughs) for a period of about four years. Wow. Just so that I wasn't in devastating pain. And that's how I that's how I nailed down that practice. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I didn't mention earlier, but I've I've also had a lot of jaw problems. Mm. I, it was after my braces though that it started mm. because the way that they move my jaw through the braces, it created this disbalance really? that every time I would open my mouth, it would pop. Oh. Like just a pop. And like sometimes it would get a little bit stuck, especially if I chew gum. It, it'll just get stuck there. Mm. And I have to kind of like... But I went to a jaw doctor mm. um, years ago before I really started my yoga practice like intensively. And his recommendation was, okay, either we do a surgery on your jaw or you can do yoga. Oh, and I was like, whoa, like it was crazy to me that a doctor was telling me to do yoga. But then I was also like, wow, like, I mean, I already am kind of doing it, but I guess not intensively. Wow. And I can definitely confidently say my jaw it's not fully healed, mm-hmm. but it doesn't pop the way that it used to mm. at all. Like if I chew gum or if I talk for a long period of time, yeah, then my jaw is like, yeah. Or if I smile too much, I'm so like, much. Ow. You can never smile too much. Like if yeah. you just smile yeah. so much, yeah, right. sometimes you get right. a really sore jaw. Yeah. So yeah, I totally like not fully relate to any of what you just said, but have experienced jaw discomfort. Right. And it's one of the worst things. It's mm. so, it's so uncomfortable because it's, the one thing that we're moving all day, honestly, if we're speaking, it's yes. our mouth. Like, that's how we communicate. You can't avoid it. No. You have to eat. Yeah. You have to you communicate. You use it all day. In you one have way to or breathe. another. You have to brush your teeth. Exactly. You got to open your mouth at least once a day. Yeah. <laughs> you can lay in bed all day, but you got to open your mouth for something. I don't know. <laughs> and I love to eat. So it, it was becoming right. uncomfortable eating and I would notice like I would have to move my food always to one side or else like the other side would make my jaw pop. So mm. yeah, mm. super uncomfortable. Well, I, I was able to find and I'm right there with you. Like it's not to say that it's fully and completely healed, mm-hmm. but it mostly is. And I don't experience excruciating mm-hmm. pain. It's so rare that I do. It will happen once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, it's now my biggest, um, connection to God if, and my biggest connection and communicator of mm. when I'm in alignment and when I'm not, mm-hmm. when I'm in alignment, when I'm sleeping well, mm. when I'm drinking a lot of water, when mm-hmm. I'm eating healthy food, when I'm doing yoga, yeah. no pain, when I am not doing any one of those things properly or something else um is going on like that's like really drastic Mm -hmm. in my life that's knocking something out of alignment Mm -hmm. first thing i feel is pain in my jaw and it's like drink water get more sleep and it's it's relaxed a lot more even in the past year or two like it's another level i don't 
I don't have to do yoga, mm -hmm. hot, like the physical asana mm -hmm. or the poses for asana means pose mm -hmm. in English. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't have to do that every day anymore. Mm -hmm. I built that foundation. Um, though if I'm not doing some sort of devotional practice, whether that be um, dance, breath work, mm -hmm. singing, uh, worship, songs, um, something, when I'm not doing those things, I feel it in mm -hmm. my body. It doesn't, I don't mm -hmm. feel right. So, you know, our body will keep us in check at a certain mm -hmm. point. It's also to the degree of which, I, th I think at least my understanding, it's the degree to which you want to be yeah. in devotion, in yeah. alignment. I want my body to communicate yeah. to me if I'm out of alignment. Yeah. I, I request that from my body, from my spirit, to let me know mm -hmm. sooner than later yeah. so that I can get back on track. Mm. That's beautiful. And just being consistent with it. Like, I was just thinking about when you were younger and you were wearing that thing on your mouth, the, what did we call it? The binky. The binky type thing. <laughs> appliance. The appliance on your mouth. And, you know, you were being very consistent with that. Mm -hmm. And your body was responding to it, for yeah. sure. Oh, and yeah. it responded to it in, in the way that wasn't what you wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. By moving your teeth out of alignment and all sorts of things. But now it's like the consistency of those devotional practices, of yoga, of listening to your body, knowing that if I don't do this every day with consistency in one form or another, my body's going to respond and it's going to tell mm. me here's the pain again. Mm. So just for anyone that's listening, I think that's a really important message to be consistent with what you know is helping you. Be consistent yes. with, because it's easy to give up once you're like, okay, well, I'm not in pain anymore. Right. So whatever, I'm done doing yoga, or I'm done eating healthy, or I'm done drinking water, a gallon of water, whatever, because I feel great now. The pain will come back if you're not consistent about it. So it's like, just keep showing up the mm -hmm. way that you're supposed to, mm -hmm. the way that you know. And it might not come through physical pain. Yeah. It might be something totally external for you. Mm -hmm. We all have our ways mm -hmm. that, that God or our spirit, or however you want to think of it, communicates to you. So in some people, they feel it in their gut. They'll have mm -hmm. gut issues yeah. or they'll just like feel really tired yeah. or like they'll see like get a, they'll have a lot of like people cutting in front of them on the streets, yeah. you know, yeah. or something. It's like, like a lot of anger in, uh, on the road. Like, yes. Yeah. Pay attention yeah. to all those things. <laughs> and I, I invite and encourage you to develop a way for your spirit to communicate to you mm -hmm. with feedback like you're like okay to me when for me for example when my jaw hurts that means first I check in am I drinking enough water mm -hmm. am I sleeping enough mm -hmm. have I done yoga um I'll check in with those physical things too mm -hmm. and then check into like am I speaking my truth mm -hmm. am I mm -hmm. in my power am I owning my authentic self yeah, yeah am I yeah. listening yeah. with compassion yeah. and clarity beautiful so we're gonna that leads yeah. to I actually, literally was about to say that's a perfect segue. that's a perfect segue. <laughs> what, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my god y'all yeah. we're so excited about this <laughs> Okay, I'll start it off. <laughs> um, so we're about to be diving into the chakras. So my 
my main thing and what I just tapped into a little bit right there is the throat chakra, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. where everything was around and in my story today and a very large part of, of my story and my mm-hmm. path mm-hmm. here to this moment. Yeah. Um, and Natalie and I can't wait to get <laughs> further into what each of these main chakras are, what do they mean, what do they feel like, and our personal experience mm-hmm. of getting to know our energy centers. Yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely beautiful. And so basically, Kat and I are going to be doing a few episodes together talking about each individual chakra. We're going to be combining a few of them into episodes so that it's not like whole seven episodes, but we're going to be diving into each chakra. A lot of people in here that maybe don't know exactly what the chakras are, we're going to talk about them on on a energy level, on a spiritual level, but then we're also going to dive into the physical part of the chakras and not only physical, but how the chakras, like all your internal system of these mm-hmm. energy centers is directly reflected upon you in your life, in your outside mm-hmm. world. Like kind of how Kat was saying with like her jaw, if there's pain, of course, she's going to assess the physical part. But then it's like, OK, am I not speaking my truth? Mm-hmm. Where am I not fully communicating and, and expressing my voice? So in those ways that you can look at, okay, what is happening in my outside world that could come back to either this physical pain or even sensations that you feel deep deep within your body. So I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) (laughs) Do we, do we, yeah? I was going to say that the reason we're doing all of that, (laughs) the reason we're going to be doing all of that, of course, first of all, to just educate anybody, for anyone to... To listen and be able to look at yourself and relate to, okay, I relate to that. That's what I'm feeling. This is where I'm out of balance in my life. And Kat and I are curating a program together that's going to start at the beginning of 2024. And it's going to be a program based around the chakras, the energy centers of our bodies. Yes. (laughs) And also, it's going to be a group coaching program with yoga. She'll be DJing. It's going to be so special. So we'll be talking deeply about that in the next few weeks and on like what enrollment looks like for our program it's going to be really intimate and limited to just a small group of people because we want to dedicate as much of our energy to each Mm -hmm. one of those people Mm -hmm. yeah it's going to be a very intensive program Mm -hmm. natalie and i are putting our heart mind souls and our physical body into this program (laughs) we are nurturing uh this preparation stage and um Uh, We're also going to be researching the impact of this program. So first we'll be doing the fidelity Mm. of it. Mm -hmm. And also at least eventually, maybe in the first round too, an effectiveness evaluation too. So Mm -hmm. based on what the participants are interested in focusing in, whether that's symptoms of stress, anxiety, depression, or wellness, overall Mm. well-being, happiness, mindfulness, things like that, and saying, okay, are the things that you set out to improve actually improving? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, did you get out of this what you're going for? Mm -hmm. And that's a two-way street here, you know, like, 
we're we're giving this our all and we want to make sure that you get it all Mm -hmm. from it too Mm -hmm. Mm, i love it (laughs) so super excited for that like i said we'll be giving a lot more information about it in the weeks to come as we're also releasing episodes together and yeah i have one more question for you yeah so in the simplest terms Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what does alignment living in alignment mean to you okay okay let's see (laughs) you know that's so i I love that question i love how you ask everybody that (laughs) totally unprepared so let's see what what comes (laughs) to me alignment is a sense of deep connection and communication with the divine Mm. Nothing is ever physically perfectly aligned. There's always that one little minor thing that's like a little bit off, but when we put them all together and average it out, mm. then it creates that perfect alignment, mm. um, like the solfeggio um, spiral, Ooh, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like there's nothing in nature that's gonna have it absolutely perfectly, yeah. right? Yeah. But it has that general idea, and that's the foundation. And so, to me, alignment is connection with divinity, Mm. connection to self, and connection to others. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) Cat. Mm, Nat. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that her names are so simple. I know, Kat they rhyme. <laughs> Inner alignment with Kat and Nat. Inner alignment Coming with Kat and Nat. <laughs> I love you so much. I Thank you, you so for much. sharing this with us. Aww. I absolutely loved this episode. And for anyone that stuck around until the end, thank you. We you made you. it. We you made it. it. So <laughs> proud of you. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Really, truly, so grateful, so grateful for your time and energy and presence. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Nati, for all of your love, all of your energy, your presence, for opening up your arms to me and to your life and into this episode and into this program with you. <laughs> oh, God, I just have such, such love and, and honor and admiration of you. It's, it's likewise, 100%. Mm. God bless you. Namaste. God bless you all. God bless you all. Love you all.